Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along. My fellow Americans, Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January 31st in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. Unless it's a Jesus revolution, we stand for peaceful restoration. We love that word, restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Wow, there's so much to cover in the news and so little time to cover it all. It's kind of crazy. And so I want to talk to you about some of the things that are happening in the news that maybe uh, the mainstream press doesn't really know about, I guess, if you will. Um, It turns out that RFK JR is in the news, and there's been... Yesterday and the day before, kind of some big to-do about RFK. Is he going to, you know, just stick with the independent plan? Is it going to be Donald Trump's VP pick? Uh, Is he going to leave the, quote, independent status and become a libertarian candidate? All that's up in the air. But I'll tell you what's not up in the air. This new media advisory that I just got. Press contact, and they give you a contact for this. And they say, Kennedy to hold voter rally in Las Vegas. Um, and it's a big, uh, like, press release from the RFK camp. Independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is hitting the campaign trail to continue his bid for president of the United States of America. As an independent candidate, Kennedy has launched a massive grassroots effort to get him on the ballots in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Kennedy is now then hosting the following event. What, you say? Las Vegas Motor Voter Rally. When? Sunday, February the 4th. Um, I guess February the 4th, Area 15. And then they give an address. RSVP, you got to, you know, if you're the media, you got to, you know, register for the event. And then they say that the rally will be live streamed on Kennedy's YouTube. They call it YouTube station. I guess YouTube channel is what I'd probably say. That's my hesitancy. I'm thinking YouTube station. Anyway, YouTube channel is what I would call it. And he's talked about on Substack, Kennedy shared exactly how ballot access laws for independent and third-party candidates are among the worst forms of voter suppression in America today. Boy, howdy is he right about that, right? But Kennedy is confident that with the groundswell of support for his campaign, he will be on the ballot in every state. Well, I hope he is. Normally, independent candidates pay companies millions and millions of dollars to gather signatures so that they can go ahead and get on the ballot. We're taking a different tactic. We're starting with the thousands of volunteers we have in each state. And then at upcoming rallies, 
supporters can add their signatures to the official ballot petitions. We have begun signature collection already in many of the open states, said Press Secretary Stephanie Spear. We're ready for whatever comes our way. We have the field teams, volunteers, legal teams, uh, paid circulators, supporters, <laughs> and strategies to get Robert or Bobby on the ballot. A recent poll shows that Kennedy even outpaces Biden and Trump among independents. Well, of course, he's on the independent ticket. They say uh, Robert F. Kennedy, 36%, Biden, 32%, and Trump, 26%. Kennedy beats Trump and Joe Biden. If you look at the specific independent demographics, and if you look at voters 18 to 34, with 40% of the vote compared to Biden's 36% and Trump's 21%. Trump doesn't look that good in the independent worlds, folks. A New York Times slash Siena poll shows Kennedy closing the gap on Trump and Biden in six different battleground states. And he comes in single dig. He comes within single digits of the main parties in these six states. Where am I talking about? Georgia, Michigan, uh, NVO, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and uh, I guess Wisconsin, WI, Wisconsin, I think that is. Uh, and he's really making a huge gain. He's coming in with the single digits of the two popular top candidates. Anyway, it goes on and on. In that state, Kennedy beats Trump among 18 to 40-year-olds. A recent Harvard-Harris poll shows Kennedy beats Biden and Trump in, quote, favorability. I'm telling you right now, Donald needs to talk to RFK JR, and they need to team up somehow. There's things I don't like about Trump, and there's things I don't like about RFK JR, both of them. They're concerning. But as I look at this big press release and stuff, and I say, hey, uh, why is RFK going to Nevada? Because that's kind of the next state coming up, right? Then South Carolina's next, right? Super Tuesday, not too far away. I go, What's that, March something? I have to look what day on Tuesday, whatever that is. March, what is it, March 4th? I'm going to have to look this up and see what, what it is. Um, March... I need Tuesday. Okay. Uh, the 5th. 0305. The 5th is Super Tuesday. Uh, and that, that's going to tell the tale there. But I'm just telling you right now that I think RFK JR has some real mojo here. Uh, it's uh, Whether he'll get more than a Ross Perot got, I don't know. But he's got the popular Kennedy name behind him. He's got money. He's got the scoff and the derision of the Democratic Party, which is actually a good sign. He's gone independent. Whether independent or libertarian is the better answer, I don't know. Whether signing on with Donald is a good answer or not, I don't know. Bobby's saying that he won't do it. Donald's saying we're in talks. Bobby's saying I'm in talks with the Libertarian Party, while Donald's saying I'm in talks with Bobby. Uh, it's all kind of confusing there. But in the end of the day, what do you, what do you say, you know? 
Anyway, our prayers are for success for RFKJR. I can tell you that. All right, Christian, Navy veteran charged with hate crime for beheading demon statue at the Iowa Capitol. Joseph McKinnon with the blaze with this piece. <laughs> and I just look at this thing, and I don't even know how to respond to this kind of thing. Right? I mean, how do you respond to this? Um, I am convinced that what, it's a crime? I mean, I'm going to have to say it's a crime, right? Um, I understand that you want to behead demon statues. I like that we don't want demon statues in America. They say hundreds of statues of historical and religious significance have been toppled throughout the United States in recent years. Rather than stop those responsible, officials have in many cases rewarded them at least when they were, quote, not themselves and directly responsible. So they're not kind of acting directly responsible for it. They've kind of let everybody off the hook. However, it became very clear that the powers that be hold something sacred. Abortion clinics and satanic idols within hours of the federal court finding six more pro-life activists peacefully demonstrating inside the infamous late-term abortion clinic, Christian Navy veteran Michael Cassidy. I guess he um, beheaded and toppled a satanic statue last year at the Iowa Capitol. They say they increased his misdemeanor charge to a Class B felony because he admitted to the crime. Now, I don't even understand how to deal with this thing exactly, folks. I mean, what does this all mean? Christian Navy veteran Michael Cassidy charged with hate crime. Well, I want to talk about this more. We'll do it in seconds on your radio. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare, the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. I'm talking about RFKJR. I'm talking about this Christian Navy veteran, Michael Cassidy, now charged with hate crime for beheading, quote, demon statue at Iowa Capitol. This is a little crazy, folks, if you ask my opinion. What's the background of this thing you say? The Satanic Temple is an anti-Christian leftist group that has distributed satanic literature to kids. They championed the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender agenda. They worked hard to ensure that mothers can have their unborn babies legally killed. That's an oxymoron. Based on a religious abortion ritual, performing public baptisms, erected multiple demon statues on public property, and held a demonization ceremony in protest of this uh, Catholic priest's canonization of, uh, I guess, in my opinion, immoral behavior. Let's just say it that way. Blaze News previously reported that a satanic temple just weeks before Christmas installed a demonic altar on the first floor of the Iowa Capitol Anyway, it goes on about a ram-headed, I don't know what it is, Baphomet or whatever. Anyway, bottom line is, this guy took down this statue. And so people have been taking down statues on the left. Any conservative icons, any historical relevance, just a problem, right? And now we see this scenario where the guy getting in trouble is the guy that took down the satanic statue. Now, let me explain the problem that I have with this whole discussion. I don't support vandalism. And I don't support this guy beheading and taking down a demon statue. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm against the demon statues. And I'm for using every authority we have legally and peacefully and lawfully to remove such, in my opinion, perversions. But I don't think that vandalism or destroying property is the answer. So I appreciate this Christian Navy veteran, but I think that he's making a mistake. Now, my problem with it is I don't call it a hate crime is kind of the difference here. I don't know where you would get hate crime. Any vandalism, any evil abuse of anyone, all that obviously hate is the core. But this singling out of singular discussion of hate crimes kind of goes to someone's heart 
or intent. And I don't believe you can judge their heart or intent that way. So I don't think any of the statues being inked down should be um, attributed to hate crimes. I think that's wrong-headed. Now, if we want to say vandalism occurred, fine. If we want to say disruption of the peace occurred, fine. If you want to say, you know, whatever, that's fine. But I don't believe that it's hate crimes at the core of this. I really honestly don't. And it bothers me that they want to use hate crimes for this. But why is this guy being singled out for beheading a demon statue? I'm not for... um, I'm not for any of this stuff. I think it's wrong. I I think it's wrong that we look at it this way. And I wish in America we would stop this. I don't know what we should do about this. But how do we let this guy get prosecuted and everybody else walks? See, that's my problem with the whole discussion here. I don't think this guy should just walk, right? Um, that's the problem here. Where do we go from here? How do we deal with this kind of stuff? I'm not for this guy committing vandalism. It's wrong. But I'm really not for this hate crime association. That's what we've really got to work through, in my humble opinion. All right. United Auto Workers president says that a great majority of union members will not vote for Joe Biden despite the official endorsement. Natural news with this piece. Good for Mike Adams and team up there doing a great job highlighting this. Um, Look, the United Auto Workers literally endorsed Joe Biden. And most of the rank and file say they're off their rock. That's not who we're voting for. We believe that the union uh, and the administration of Joe, they're against real uh, United Auto Workers unions because they're trying to make all these vehicles electric and subsidies here and this and that. And, and, and all this environmental agenda by Joe, it doesn't square with our beliefs, say most of. A great majority, that's, that's more than half, a great majority will not be voting for Joe Biden regardless of the endorsement from the UAW um, is for Biden. They're not going for it. And I think that's great, great news in my opinion, right? It's wrong, in my opinion, for the leadership to endorse a candidate that they know the majority of their members reject. But this is where unions and private parties and, you know, political parties, and where they all run off the rails. You get leadership that doesn't align with the rank and file at all. You're forced into a union or forced into a party or you believe in this partisan politics where you're just the behest, the behest of the good old boy network kind of a thing. You're literally just being forced to go along whether you agree or disagree or don't believe or whatever, right? And that is a serious concern to me. There's a lot of concerns that I have. Donald Trump Jr. just emailed me along with a bunch of other people and said, hey, are you going to endorse my father? No, Donald Jr., I'm not. You know, you said you'd come back on Liberty Roundtable Live last Super Tuesday. We had a chat on air live. Uh, and, um, you know, you weren't, well, I guess it was Super Tuesday before the 2016 election, or 20, yeah, 2016 um, elections took place. Uh, you haven't talked to me since. 
And now you want to know if I'm going to endorse your dad? No, I think I'm going to hold off on that, Don Jr. I think it's very wise for me to endorse Donald Trump at this point. Now, am I against Donald? Of course not. I don't have anything against Donald Trump. I mean, there's some things that I'm not happy that he did. I'm not happy with his Operation Warp Speed. I'm not happy with his, um, you know, forcing the jabs on all of us and, and allowing these states to go tyrannical. Look, I think that when states locked everybody down, Donald should have sued the states and said, no, governors, you're out of line. You can't knock, you can't lock people down like this. You don't have a constitutional authority. These mandates have no force of law. See, Donald should have been very, very clear. And look, when Joe Biden doesn't like what Texas does on the border, then Joe Biden sues Texas. See, the le- the Democrats and the left and the liberal, they take action. They put their money where their mouth is. They're serious. But I don't really see that Republicans are serious at all. That's just my opinion. But I don't see a lot of effort going into accountability here. I don't even know where to go with this exactly, except to say that I don't know why we don't take action. All we seem to do is talk, right? And I don't know why that is, but we're not taking action to create accountability. So let's be very honest and very clear. Forget about party. Let's talk about the rule of law. The rule of law should be colorblind and it should apply to everyone equally. So all these people that have destroyed property, created vandalism, I don't care if it's the guy that beheaded the demon statue, all these people should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law because it's the law. And they should be held accountable. So I'm not going to double down and defend this Christian guy that took down a demon statue and act like our side's right when we do it, but the other guys are bad when they do it. All of it's wrong. The destruction of property is wrong on all accounts. All right? And now the United Auto Workers president betraying their citizens or their constituents or whatever you want to call it, their members. This is the problem. We're beholding to parties. We're beholding to the good old boy network. Why have we not seen Michael Johnson or Kevin McCarthy or any of these people literally double down and push for accountability? The Democrats take action and align themselves very well when it's their time. In fact, even when they don't even have the majority, they still flex their muscle and have a huge impact. We never do. Even when we have a majority, what we always run around and we're afraid of our own shadow. We say, oh, we, we've got a, a majority, but it's, it's so slim that we can't do anything with it kind of thing. Then how do the Democrats get it done when they're not even in the majority? They're the minority and they still have enough flexing power, muscle, mojo, togetherness on a topic to make a difference. Our party doesn't do that. So the United Auto Workers, for example, their flat-out hardcore socialist Democrat leadership betrays the constituents. The great majority of of, uh, union members will not vote for Joe. But their leadership doubled down. And how does that happen? Because you allow corruption in these organizations. And you don't really allow anybody to leave the organization. There's no free association. There's just kind of a by force. That's the problem. All right, I want to come back from the break in a second and talk about the CDC. 
because they're out of control now. They lied, got caught, deceived, promoted fake news propaganda, and now they're under the gun for it. I want to talk about that a little bit, too. There's a lot of topics that we just need to discuss. And what do we do about it? It's one thing to talk about it. It's the second thing to get something done with it, right? We'll do it all in seconds. You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. the land you're listening to liberty news radio usa news i'm tim berg as negotiations continue regarding a new border deal senate majority leader from new york chuck schumer delivers remarks on the senate floor tuesday about the negotiation efforts regarding the security supplemental package. The New York legislator telling the chamber negotiations are nearing the finish line, but says there's more work that needs to be done before the package is finalized. Senator Schumer emphasizing the importance of bipartisanship to get the job done. Both sides have an obligation to tune the partisan noise out and to continue working. Bipartisanship is the only way that action on the border is going to happen, that aid to Ukraine will be secured, that help to Israel in the Indo-Pacific, and aid to innocent civilians in Gaza will happen. After an Iranian drone strike killed three U.S. troops off the border of Syria and Jordan, New York Republican Congressman Mike Lawler says there's more than meets the eye. I think the unholy alliance between China, Russia, and Iran has come into full view. China is the biggest purchaser of Iranian petroleum. Lawler is a sponsor for the Stop Harboring Iranian Petroleum Act, or the SHIP Act, which would impose sanctions on people who work with Iranian oil, preventing them from obtaining visas or owning property in the United States. Missouri Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush is criticizing the Justice Department for its investigation into her campaign spending on security services. Bush is under scrutiny because she married her security guard last year and kept him on her campaign payroll. At least four people are dead after a boat carrying tourists sank off the coast of Cancun. The boat carrying over 16 guests and crew members sank after getting caught in a strong sea sewell, according to ABC News. At least seven people are missing and eight have been rescued. This is USA News. I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Get the Tea. Get the Tea carries all natural, non-GMO organic teas and supplements made in the USA. Get the Tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that when combined really keep things moving. I drink it every day and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is Life Change Tea in a capsule. Drink the tea or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order. Why don't we say to the government writ large... 
that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Um, Heritage Action. They're a well-known group in D.C. Uh, they've done a lot of, a lot of good. Uh, they're not as pure and as constitutional as I'd like to see, but they do a great job in many ways. Heritage President Dr. Kevin Roberts calls out global elitists at the World Economic Forum Let's check out this. Uh, it's a seven-minute video. I don't know if I'll play it all, uh, but, I, but I want you to listen to this uh, from the president of Her Heritage Action, uh, literally talking to the World Economic Forum, saying, look, we're sick of it. We can't take it anymore. Here he is. The kind of person who will come into the next conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. And if I may, I will be candid and say that the agenda that every single member of the administration needs to have is to compile a list of everything that's ever been proposed at the World Economic Forum and object <laughs> all of them wholesale. Anyone not prepared to do that and take away this power of the unelected bureaucrats and give it back to the American people is unprepared to be part of the next conservative administration. You know, one thing that Davos, you might say, and the people come here stand up for is liberal democracy. So if the idea that's going to be swept under the table is part of the idea, hopefully that's not what he means. What do you mean, what do you think he means by retribution? Well, it's laughable that you would, or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally, Standing up for it. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos 
and, and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions the average person know based on climate change are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leaders. Would you accept if he loses the election that he's lost the election, or would if, it be like if, last if time? We're, if we're sure that there's election integrity, but I'm not sure that we can be, we want to see Ukraine win with a lot more help from European allies. I think the United States has a role. Heritage has been clear about this for two years now, that we, there is a world in which we support military aid for Ukraine. I think the entire American right would, or almost all of them, provided it's 100% focused on military aid. There is real transparency in how the funds are used. And it's just a fact. This is not conveyed pejoratively. 
If you look at our index of economic freedom at Heritage, Ukraine's in the bottom 10 on government transparency. We don't celebrate that. We wish that were different. But the transparency concern, which the political right has voiced from the beginning, is real. Thirdly, it, it actually needs to have a strategic endgame. And the President of the United States, Joe Biden, has done a god-awful job in articulating what that is, particularly from the standpoint of what's in the best interest of Americans. Those two issues are very much linked, but not in the way the conversation goes here at the World Economic Forum. That is to say that from the perspective of the United States, because our first obligation in foreign policy is to look at it through the lens of what's best for the American citizen, the much bigger threat is the Chinese Communist Party. And not just because of their imminent threats or their threats for imminent action against Taiwan, especially after the outcome of Saturday's election, but because the Chinese are a far greater economic power, and I would even argue cultural power, in the world, not just in the United States. Therefore, we would argue, to, to sum up here, Robin, for the next conservative president to be a prioritizer. It's not an either-or question, and too much of the media commentary is, puts that as a, as a false choice. It's not. It's, it's a matter of realizing this fact. This year, as no doubt the great fiscal senator Rob Portman would know, the United States is going to pay three-quarters of a trillion dollars in interest alone. I'm telling you from the standpoint of the American political center right, that has to change before European countries, especially in Germany and France, wag their finger about what we're supposed to do on their behalf. As soon as what I hope is a very brief inaugural address concludes, and brief not because what would be in it would be unwise, quite the opposite, but because our country's on fire, there needs to be pushing through Schedule F civil service reform so that the president can fire a good number of the unelected bureaucrats in the administrative state. The administrative state's the greatest threat to democracy in the United States, and we need to end it. The second thing is he needs to really confront all of the policies surrounding so-called climate change. We've had a great discussion here by Walter and Allison, who are excellent on that point, about focusing on fiscal policies that have nothing to do with wrongheaded and really harmful subsidies of wind and solar. We love wind and solar energy at Heritage. We just want them to stand on their own in the free market. And because that affects human prosperity, more than a billion people in the world have been lifted out of poverty in the last 35 years because of fossil fuels. The president is going to take that on. And the third thing that he's going to do, I think, and, and this would be a bit of a departure from his last administration when he spent too much money, is really be focused on fiscal restraint S because we simply can't afford it. It's something that transcends the political left and the political right. And I can certainly tell you from the standpoint of heritage and all of us at Project 2025 will be zealously supportive of all three of those actions. All right, there's Kevin Roberts, and I think he's right on a lot of that. He, he wasn't as bold as I would have been necessarily, but he was pretty bold. He said, look, you guys are the problem here. I'm here because you're the problem, and I want to call you out on it. Uh, and he highlighted a lot of the fundamental real issues in America that we need to deal with. Look, climate change, is it real or not? The debate's still out. I say that there is change in the climate. I think that's a fact. Whether it's global warming and whether people are responsible for it and whether it's the end of the world and it's the sky is falling chicken little-esque, that's where I disagree. And I don't believe government has the right to determine what we do and what we use as people uh, from a mandate point of view, regardless of how concerned they are about the climate. Okay, every morning the climate heats up and every night it cools down. And then, you know what? Seasonally that happens. And then there's broader fluctuations beyond yearly seasonal discussions all these things have an effect
But we don't have any ground to, to, to stand on when we say, let's do these things. Let's insert stuff into the sky to change the climate or let's do this or that. There's no grounds for that. There's no evidence that we're right and that we have the solutions and that what we're doing will make things better versus worse. That's all speculative. It's not scientific. They can't even tell me if it's going to rain today in my area. You say, oh, yeah, they can. Sam, go look at your weather report. Yeah, half the time, three quarters of the time, it's wrong. It says it's not supposed to rain till 3 o'clock, and it's like noon, and it's raining. It's like, okay, what do you believe, my app, my weather report, or what I'm, you know, standing in? The rain. I'm all wet, and it says it's not supposed to rain. You know, do I believe my lying eyes? Well, this is the problem, and I think Kevin is right on this. We have got to call these con games con games. And we've got to start to stand up for real solutions. And he pointed to a bunch of them that I want to cover when we get back. You are listening to Sam Bushman on Liberty Roundtable Live. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44, gave the left evil, spiritual power the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. I'm talking about this speech that the uh, Heritage Action president gave uh, the World Economic Forum. And um, I'm convinced it was a great speech. Dr. Kevin Roberts speaking, uh, and he basically highlighted this issue about climate change. You know, it's a lie. Uh, whether these things are happening or not might be not debatable. You can say, well, look, we have a graph and it shows that he, it's heating up. But you have no idea what the future holds. All you have is your, quote, computer modeling that does its best to guess. 
But if you can't guess what the weather is today and get it right, how do you know that it's right tomorrow or the next day? And the further out you go, the worse the, quote, knowledge is or the, quote, pretend science is. It's not science. It's just projections. It's just educated guesswork. You know, we're assuming these variables, and therefore this is the consequences. Well, you can't do that, folks. That's what's being done. But whether it's climate change, whether it's gender, whether it's all these different things, the World Economic Forum has become an enemy of we the people in the United States. And Heritage President Dr. Kevin Roberts calls it out, tells it like it is, says we've got to reduce our spending. We've got to get out of these foreign conflicts. He's a little more hawkish than I would be because he says there's defense of of some of these things. Hey, let's defend the Ukraine or whatever. I don't defend the Ukraine with our money because I don't believe that the politicians have the authority to steal my money, my family's money, to pay taxes, whether it's take it right out of my wallet to increase taxes and or put it on my children in debt. I don't think they have authority to do that. Anyway, I digress. But anyway, great speech, and I think it's worthy that more Americans are starting to stand up and see what's really going on at Davos, what's really going on at the World Economic Forum. And by the way, tomorrow, second hour, we're going to have on path Pamela Openshaw, uh, who is an expert on the World Economic Forum, and she's going to break down what happened at Davos a few weeks ago. Uh, now, she mentioned that I haven't covered it very much. I've covered it quite a bit, actually, uh, just in bits and pieces here. Um, because what I don't like is when they have these uh, forums, it seems like it's a vacuum and it takes all the oxygen out of the room. I don't like that. So I don't just kowtow to it and report everything that they do or say. But from time to time, I want to highlight what's going on. And we've done that and we'll continue to do that. All right. The CDC is in trouble now. They knowingly labeled accurate news stories about the dangers of COVID-19 vaccines as Misinformation. Internal, internal messages now show. This story is by Cassie B. Uh, and uh, basically the bottom line is they got caught. The CDC knew that accurate news stories about COVID-19. They knew they were accurate. But they lied. They labeled it misinformation. Internal messages show. Even though they knew that it was accurate. This is where I'm saying, where is the accountability? If the CDC labeled accurate stories as misinformation, then what did they promote that's misinformation on top of it? So they blocked the accuracy and said it was misinformation. So now what misinformation did they promote as accurate? What comes to my mind the most is ivermectin. Oh, my gosh, people, we're not horsies. This is animal poop. This is, come on. Well, it turns out that was a lie. Ivermectin is incredible at reducing or ridding COVID symptoms. Ivermectin is made in labs for humans and distributed through our normal medication or drug supply chain in America. Doctors can prescribe it. And when you get your box of Ivermectin or whatever, you don't, it doesn't say horse poop on it. It's been around as a legitimate solution. Why do we see the, you know, dishonesty? You and I can't go anywhere if we have COVID. Got to lock down, got to have masks, got to this, that. Don't you dare take, take ivermectin. But then they don't test the folks coming over the border illegally, whether they have COVID or not. They just let them into the interior of the United States to run around. But then they give them ivermectin. They claim it's to deworm them, and they claim it's because of malaria and other reasons. But in the end of the day, doesn't it solve the COVID 
crisis for many of them, too. See, the double standards of the misinformation is the problem. Where is accountability at the CDC when they knowingly labeled accurate stories as misinformation? And they got caught at it. Where are, and I don't mean this figuratively, I mean this figuratively, when are the heads going to roll on this thing, people? When are we the people going to get so sick of it that we're like, you know what, we are not going to take it anymore? Well, I appreciate it. I don't think it's going to happen right now, but I sure pray it does happen because we've got to have accountability. Anthony Fauci, where's the accountability for him? Why is this guy not in jail? He literally lied and got caught before Congress lying. He literally admits that the information on masks was not accurate, that it was propaganda. He literally admits that the social distancing was not scientific at all. But back in the day, they were saying, we follow the science. And now we find out they lied. They didn't follow the science at all. They literally spiked stories that were accurate information and labeled them misinformation. At the same time, they took dishonest falsehoods and promoted that misinformation as fact. Ivermectin, bad for you. Lie. Social distancing, not scientific at all. I mean, I could keep going on this thing, but but it's it's evident of what they've done. All right, um, Governor Greg Abbott, Texas will continue to hold the line and deploy razor wire to stop illegal immigration. And um, would you join the convoy is the question. And I say absolutely not. I will not join the convoy. I think it's a mistake. I don't think joining the convoy makes sense at all. And I know a lot of conservatives are like, Sam, how dare you? These guys are good guys. They're trying to pray and be peaceful and do a good job. I know. But I believe they're a little bit naive about how evil and aggressive and hostile the deep state is towards we the people. You have literally hundreds of people that are in jail now and fighting for their, quote, freedom because of January the 6th. You've got people in Charlottesville still battling and losing and in jail and everything else for Charlottesville. The liberals run around with impunity. The conservatives get attacked under every pretense possible. And every time they get attacked hardcore, we find out there's absolute outright misinformation and lies by your government, the FBI, the CIA, the FCC, the USDA, the, and all the government organizations. And that's why we see CDC knowingly labeled accurate news stories as misinformation. They also then took misinformation stories and pretended they were accurate when we are now exposed them as lies. Would you join the convoy? Absolutely not, folks, because I believe uh, that it can go wrong. Now, it might be a peaceful nothing. If not enough people show up, then there won't be a big to-do. It'll just be like, oh, it was nothing. If we get a lot of support for our efforts, then, of course, they will infiltrate and betray us all, like they did on January the 6th. They will create an insurrection, blame it on us, classic projection, and the courts will go along, and you won't get remedy in the courts. You won't get remedy by a president, unless maybe Donald Trump or you know somebody like that becomes president. They might call a halt to this and, and, and release a lot of people and pardon people. But you're seeing this agenda, all right, in full-blown glory or whatever you want to call it. This agenda is out of control. Anyway, yesterday we also talked about my tech neck transformation. I had surgery on my neck, uh, cervical disc replacement surgery, and I played a um, discussion about technology with that surgery. I also talked about the UPS job cuts, 12,000 jobs. 
We talked about a federal judge who issued a five-year prison sentence to a former IRS agent that leaked Donald Trump's taxes. I believe not near the penalty that should have been. But at least it's something. Uh, Everybody's supporting Texas in the battle with the general government. We'll see what happens there. Now, do I support prayer uh, for the border? Absolutely. Is it a good idea to pray? Yes. Is it a good idea to go assemble on the border? I think the answer is absolutely not. So anyway, there you have it. Now, they say there's a bunch of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories from the right, the extreme MAGA crowd, surrounding Taylor Swift, who is dating this, uh, what, Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelce. Or is it Kelsey? Anyway, I think it's Kelsey. Travis Kelsey reached, they say, the stratosphere after Kansas City made the Super Bowl. Uh, Julio Cortez, Associated Press with this piece. And I look at this and I go, hmm, what the heck gives with this? Um, I think it's a problem. I don't know that the, uh, you know, players for the Super Bowl or games were rigged to get there. You know, they say that this is going to be Taylor Swift somehow doing a huge uh, photo op at halftime during the Super Bowl to promote Joe Biden for president. Uh, There's all kinds of speculation uh, and I don't really know how much of this is true. Um, I believe people are making all kinds of conspiracy theories and thoughts and questions and stuff like that, right? But I don't know that I believe uh, what we're being told. For example, Vivek Ramaswamy says, hey, we'll see. Is this going to be a, s- a scenario where they're using this? Is this holy alliance between Travis and, and Taylor Swift all for political gain or for some conspiracy? I don't know about all that. I don't know. They say that, you know, hey, um, Taylor Swift is kind of helping out and working with the Pentagon. I don't know that I believe in all these conspiracy theories, folks. I don't know that until you get some proof, this speculation's out of control. And I suspect that even if Taylor Swift does endorse Joe Biden, it won't make a hill of beans difference. People know that Taylor Swift has all kinds of meltdown relationships and she's a pop star, but, um, you know, she doesn't have as much sway as we think. Oh, well, 35,000 people... You know, decided to join the voter rolls after she endorsed Joe the first time. All true. But I'd worry much more about voter integrity than I would Taylor Swift. I'll tell you that right now. Let's look at the truth and reality, not speculation. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Show the love. God save the Republic of the United States of America.